0: Hello, fellow sojourners, and welcome back to another edition of Appropriate in the Culture. On today's episode, we're going to wrap up this mini-series on story principles by looking at theme. Why exactly do our stories contain meaning? Why do we bother conveying meaning to an audience? What's that say about us, and what are the implications? Those are the Q's, and we'll give you A's. I'm Pastor Shane, and I'll be your Cliff's Notes today as we appropriate some culture. <laughs> On the first episode of this mini-series, we talked about meaning. Stories are designed. Stories are the product of a mind. It's not a random assortment of scenes. It's intentional. It's deliberate. One scene leads to the next. A narrative is a continuous thread with a beginning, middle, and end. It's structured. It's ordered. It's designed. It's not a series of chaotic, disconnected sequences or events. And the implication of that is that stories Are a conduit of meaning, which is expressed in the theme. In basic terms, the theme is the central idea of the narrative, or the overall message that the author wishes to convey. The plot describes what happens, the theme describes what it means. Plot and theme are interconnected. You can't have a theme without a plot. Structure, design, intention are necessary in order to have meaning. Just like if our universe is not intended, if our world or life itself is not designed, then there is no meaning. Life has no meaning. And trying to find meaning in a chaotic, unordered universe would be the equivalent of randomly channel surfing and trying to find the central theme of it all. Good luck with that. Now, this may seem a bit like just a restatement of what we already talked about, like I'm just recycling talking points because I'm completely out of ideas, and yet there's the mounting and continual pressure to produce more and more and more and more content. But you'd be wrong, because the focus on theme today is not that stories indicate an inherent yearning for order and meaning, but that stories are a means by which we transmit meaning to one another, which has its own implications. To start us off, let's return to a favorite segment of ours, Kim's Corner. As a murderous tyrant once said, The theme of a literary work is not fully expressed at the beginning, nor is it simply stated once or twice during the narrative. It is developed throughout the course of the work and is fully revealed at the conclusion of the story. In the artistic presentation of the theme, it is important to describe life naturally, gradually, increasing the scope and depth of the depiction in step with the development of the hero's personality and the main storyline. A theme will only make a really deep impression on people when it is developed with a current of life growing through the torturous course of struggle, and he knows quite a bit about torture, and stands fully revealed with the dramatic resolution. Now, Kim is largely right. The theme is not a concluding statement tacked on at the end. It's interwoven through the entire narrative, through the plotting, through the structure, through the trials and conflicts, character choices and character arcs, and ultimately in the resolution. When I was in pre-production with Surviving Confession, which is a film about a disgruntled priest who is wrestling with his role as priest and losing his faith, not in God, but in the power of forgiveness and the sacrament of confession— And I get a call from the director, and he tells me that he can't do the film, because the theme is bothering him. It's Christian. It's centered on the importance of forgiveness and the necessity of repentance. The priest goes through this journey, and he rediscovers the need of repentance for himself and others, and sees afresh the importance of forgiveness and his role as God's servant in that. Very Christian. But the director is not a Christian, and so the theme is bothersome. And so what he wanted was for the priest to leave the priesthood in the end. So the compromise was to leave the ending more ambiguous, which frankly made it for a better ending, so I was on board. He takes off his cleric collar, sets it down, and prays. From the director's view, the removal of the collar indicates that he's leaving the priesthood. From my view, he's approaching God in repentance as a man, not as a priest. But here's the thing. On set, just talking to the cast and crew, uh, people of different perspectives, different backgrounds, some Christians, some atheists, some agnostics, I think even a Buddhist, and asking them, what do you think happens with the priest in the end? They all unanimously were aligned with the original draft and the original intention. Why? Because the theme is about more than just an ending. It's interwoven in every single scene and character arc and choice. And so when it came down to it, even if you disagree with the theme, the theme permeated everything and the narrative demands cohesion with the theme. When your theme and narrative don't align, you end up with some really bizarre and horrendously forced things like the film Million Dollar Baby, starring Clint Eastwood as Clint Eastwood, Morgan Freeman as Morgan Freeman, and hot or not Hillary Swank being mannish, as is her wont. Here's a bit of the trailer. Who's your new girl? Jesus. Working the bag, boss. I'm not your boss. we have bags working you. she right, your daughter? Every week. girl seems to be coming along. Almost like someone's been helping her. i seen you looking at me. Yeah, out of pity. Don't you say that if it ain't true. If I'm too old for this, then I got nothing. If I take you on... I promise I'll work so hard. You don't question me. Then I'm gonna try to forget the fact that you're a girl. Now, what is the rule? Protect myself at all times. Good. Find a man, Mary M. People hear about what you're doing, (laughs) and they they life at you. (laughs) I got nobody but you, Frankie. Well, you've got me. You can see the themes. A failed father, estranged from his daughter, finds redemption in taking this girl under his wings, and a girl with no family and nobody finds acceptance and belonging. That's beautiful. Of course, in the end, she gets paralyzed, and Clint Eastwood euthanizes her. You have a girl who starts off saying, if I'm too old for this, I got nothing, right? If I don't have boxing, I don't have anything, right? Then she goes on this whole journey and then she gets paralyzed and she loses boxing and she concludes she doesn't have anything. If I don't have this, if I don't have boxing, I got nothing. Sort of undermines the entire journey, doesn't it? I mean, why not just have Clint Eastwood say, you're too old, and then she goes home and eats a bullet? It'd be shorter, but it gets to the same point. Basically, here you have a leftist screenwriter wanting to push euthanasia and betrays the narrative in order to do it. What the author wants to convey is not working in concert with the narrative. Now, that's not to imply that only themes you agree with work. That's… Not true at all. You know, Kim Jong-il gets certain things right about the nature of theme, but the themes he wants to convey are terrible. Just communist, terrible stuff. Or things like his dark materials is aggressively anti-Christian, and there's no shortage of material that thematically we fundamentally disagree with as Christians. The fact that human beings long for meaning and tell each other's stories infused with meaning points us to God, but how we use it can go any which way. Uh, Just like the existence of logic and reason points us to God, but we can use our mental faculties to deny God. Or as scripture says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened." The natural world is meant to point people to God, but instead people worship the creation instead of the Creator. So themes can be good, they can be bad. they can be aligned with Christianity, they can be aligned with Tom Brady, they can be deep and profound, they can be simple and elementary. Good triumphs over evil is a basic and common theme. But I think the really interesting thing to see here is that stories are a series of events and moments with conflict and resolution and character choices that all together are meaningful. And why? Why do we expect that? If God doesn't exist, then our universe isn't designed, our world isn't intended, and neither are our lives. And so the choices that we make don't matter, and the conflict and trials of life that we overcome don't mean anything. Apart from God, stories in their nature are pointing us to something that doesn't exist. To design, to structure, to order, to events that mean something, to choices that matter. A theme requires that. But furthermore, the presence of a theme says something else about us. We may not agree with the central idea of a book or movie. We may not be persuaded, but themes do persuade. Stories, because they're thematic, because they contain meaning, can change hearts and shape minds. We know this. It's kind of the entire premise of this programming. But that says something about us. We are being shaped and changed by an idea, by a story a non-physical, immaterial thing. Story doesn't have physical properties. It can change its physical properties without changing the narrative. It can be paper and ink in a novel and then adapt it to film and become ones and zeros in a digital projector or celluloid in the old days. But that's not where the story resides, right? The narrative is not in the physical properties. It's immaterial, and this immaterial thing is transmitted to us and has the power to change us. How? I mean, really, how? If we're just bags of meat and chemicals, how does the non-physical affect the physical? How does immaterial things change our brain chemistry? Well, the Christian answer is because we're not simply physical. We're spiritual as well. We're body and a soul. We're brain and mind. And so the reason that story and theme affects us at all is because it speaks to minds, not brains. Hearts, in a purely metaphorical sense, your inner self, your actual heart is fine. Unless you're watching a horror film or the last 13 seconds of regulation in a football game. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Well, we'll stop there for today. Uh, Congratulations to my man, Oz, whose comment was selected as the winner to receive a free signed copy of my book, The Witch, The Gargoyle, and The Perfectly Perfect Man. I'll be reaching out to you to get your contact info and get you that book, but thanks to all who participated. Keep those comments coming. We're really trying to broaden our reach and comments help with that. Sharing these videos helps. Liking, subscribing, leaving a five-star review on iTunes for the podcast also helps. And if you like what we're doing here, and you would like us to keep doing it, help us out. And as always, you can follow me on the major socials, join my author's Facebook page, some exciting things will be coming out there shortly, and I'll see you next week for more Appropriate in the Culture.